Hi, I'm Haley Young, and I'll be reading Ephesians 3, 14 to 21 today. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Hi everyone, welcome to church. If we haven't met before, my name's Jono and so glad that we can be together today. A couple of people I had to give a shout out to. Uh, one is Elizabeth, who I met uh, at our Boxing Day service here at One Hope. And I think from memory, Elizabeth may be going into grade six. So anyway, she's off with her family. Hi Elizabeth and also hi to Doug and Denise who are Inside, not really going anywhere at the moment. So hi to you guys. So glad you're still part of our church family, wherever we may be right now and whatever we might be up to. I want to start with a question today. Um, have you ever been able to do a pull-up or a push-up? Some of you straight away, like arms high in the air. Some people are like, it's holidays, Jono. I'm not even going to put up my hand. That's too much like hard work. Anyway, I've got a friend who on the first day of 2021, he did one pull-up and one push-up. And then the following day, January 2nd, he did two pull-ups and two push-ups. And he continued that pattern for the entirety of 2021 until on December 31st, he did 365 pull-ups and 365 push-ups. Now, we've got a picture of him here. Here he is in his amazing glasses. I know he didn't wear them doing these exercises. And the figure that he's got there on the little board is over 66,000 of each of those exercises he did in 2021. And I just think what amazing dedication and effort and perseverance and energy. And he was just such a, such a goal setter. He decided this is my thing for the year and I'm going to do it. This is kind of in stark contrast to a headline I saw the other day on a news article and it said, are you setting a new year's resolution for 2022? If so, lowering your expectations might be a good idea. As I read it, I could almost imagine the tone with which that was carried. Thankfully, as followers of Jesus, the gospel gives us a better alternative than simply coming up with our own resolutions. My mum recently went to the, you know, the, the people in my life, and you might be able to think of people like this that have played this role, who it's like they, they did the spiritual pull-ups and push-ups in, in their lives. I think about some of the people that I observed as a teenager and I probably didn't appreciate at the time, just their amazing faithfulness and the way that they followed God. And they had this incredible way of like marrying so closely their own convictions and resolutions and the way that they wanted, felt they needed to live life and God's vision for their life. And they managed to carry this, those same elements like the perseverance and dedication, both through the, the highs and lows and the challenges in their life. And in all of that, it's like they had this common denominator where they wanted to see God work. 
Rather than just looking at their own circumstances, they just time and time again went to, okay, this is what life is like for me, but I'm going to look to something bigger and what God is doing. I want to just draw our attention today to four, four promises, four truths that Paul shares for us in the, um, in the passage that Haley read from Ephesians. And Paul actually prays these things for you and I. So here they are briefly, these four things. Number one, God wants to bless you with his presence. In verse 17, it said, I, I pray that Christ, that's Jesus, may dwell in your hearts through faith. When we put our faith in a person, it means we have a relationship with them. And relationship brings opportunity. I'm not sure about you, but for me, I can certainly identify with how short-term deadlines tend to dominate my attention. And busyness and fatigue limits my vision and I just go about getting through the day. But wouldn't it be a shame for the urgent to distract us from the thing that has the greatest long-term impact on our soul, the greatest benefit and joy to our family, the greatest um, thing that we can bring to the life of our church even. There's a man, his name is Canon Andrew White. You might better know him as the Vicar of Baghdad. And he's a, essentially a minister in the Church of England. And he's well known for his work in bringing reconciliation and peace into very um, long-term and complicated situations in the Middle East. And before that, before that career change, he was um, a qualified surgeon and, and I always get this word wrong, anaesthetist, anaesthetist, you know what I mean. Anyway, in, in um, St. Thomas's Hospital in London. And he describes a moment uh, in surgery like this. Let me read it for you. The backstory is that a, another, another um, doctor had complimented him on how good he was at delivering babies because he had such large hands. And he says, it was a huge responsibility to help bring a new life into the world. But I knew the constant reassuring presence of the Holy Spirit. And this helped me cope with the, the potentially most difficult and stressful situations. On one occasion, I was assisting a surgeon in the cardiac theatre and the patient was having a new aortic valve fitted, but the surgeon put it in the wrong way. And as a result, I spent the next four hours holding a retractor in the heart while the mistake was corrected. And it meant I had to keep as steady as a rock. And before long, I was in agony, but I, I couldn't move and jeopardise the procedure. I silently praised and worshipped God and somehow he sustained me and got me through it. He goes on to say, it was a wonder to me how intertwined my spiritual life was with my medical life. And I had many wonderful times of worship on my own in operating theatres while I was doing the setup and preparation. Anyone looking in on me may have thought that I was mad. That sounds like a pretty full on day. I'm not sure if anyone who's uh, joining us for church today would have had a day job like that with your hand inside someone's chest. But in the same way as like what happened with Canon Andrew White, we have the same, same opportunity that faith in Jesus activates God living within us. The Holy Spirit alive and us being able to respond to his voice and his leading, to celebrate him and to enjoy his presence. That Jesus wants to work through you, 
and most of all, that circumstances don't need to rob us of the presence of God. Paul goes on to say in verse 19, Also, I pray that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Number two, God wants to bring favour and goodness to your life. We experience the love of God by knowing him. And we get, as I said, we get to enjoy his presence. And God, through his Holy Spirit, wants to reanimate and strengthen our inner person, our spirit. My wife Ellie and I uh, know some people who they had long considered purchasing a business and this business would have come, come with um, like a, a warehouse full of stock. And so after consideration and discernment and prayer, they went ahead and purchased this business. And one of the first things that they needed to do was a stock take. And so they prepared for that. And first of all, they'd set aside a small number of days to go through and count this stock. But even after a short time, it became so evident that that wasn't going to be enough time. And so they continued to spend more and more time. And as they were doing this, they began to find stock that they had to turn over that was maybe long been neglected or forgotten that it was there. And so they're opening boxes. And so day after day, they're going to, they're just falling asleep straight at night after all this hard work. And some days they just said were like just turning over things that were completely dusty and forgotten about. But by the end of the exercise, something incredible had happened. They'd paid X amount for all this stock when they purchased the business. And actually what they found was the stock was worth many, many times that figure. It just hadn't been looked at. It hadn't been appreciated. It hadn't been counted or considered. I wonder if right now there's some things that in our spiritual life, in our faith in Jesus, we might need to consider dusting off because we've forgotten how valuable they are. And it might feel like hard work at first, but beneath it, beneath the things we need to dust off and consider that actually there's something of enormous worth that God wants to bless you and I with. Is there a time or a way that you used to, even maybe recently, connect with God and hear God's voice and know his presence with you, but maybe you've let that slip? Well, the best thing we can do is go back to that. Go back to that and start doing that thing again. Do that thing that you're, uh, enables you to encounter God. You know what that is for you. Go and do that. Ask other people to encourage you in that. It's in those things that you'll experience the goodness and the favour of God again. And the language Paul uses is the fullness of God. This isn't kind of stunted or starved spiritually in our hearts. This is God waiting and wanting us to say, like, God, come in and do your work fully in my life. In verse 16, Paul says, I also pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Why strength? Why power? Well, this brings us to number three, which is God wants to equip you with power for duty. God wants to equip you with power and strength for the things he's asking you to do. We all need those attributes because God is going to ask us to step out in faith and do things. Now, this isn't like a new year, new you type of thing. This is a work of God from his spirit to our spirit. 
I think for some of you, that will be parenting right now. That will feel like the hard work. As we enter a new year and our children might, might feel unsettled or you know, fear of the unknown or what the year might have in store, that God is asking you to continue to be wise and considerate and gentle and, and honest in the way that you parent. Maybe for some of you, it's the way that you love your spouse or your partner with a real strong conviction that you would love, you would love your partner, like it talk, scripture talks about, like Jesus loves the church, that we would love with sacrifice and we would look to put others before ourselves. Maybe for some of you, it's a work situation where that's a real slog at the moment. Maybe the way that you lead or maybe there's people that work alongside you that you know you just the relationship requires wisdom and, and sensitivity and also truth in there and that can be real, a real challenge. God wants to bless you with power and strength by his Holy Spirit to do those things as well as possible to be a blessing to other people, even in the midst of circumstances that just seem tiring and draining. Because there may well be things that God asks us to do that are not easy. They may be things that tire us emotionally, that drain us mentally and weary us physically. But we know God's heart by what he asks us to do. And also we will know him enabling us to do those things everything that he asks of us. Imagine this for a moment. A 20-year-old man, fresh out of teacher's college, has to move to a remote school way out of the way in the 1960s. And there's no communication, there's no internet, like he has to move away from all his loved ones and his family. And so in this very small country town, it's not even a town, it's like just a collection of houses, his accommodation is the front veranda of a very poor family that, of some of the students at the school he's going to teach at. And so what they've done with this veranda is they've wrapped it in tar paper, which is essentially like insulation wrap that you see on a new home. So in the summer, it was just boiling hot. In the winter, it was freezing cold. There was nothing else other than a small bed um, on this veranda and so to, to um, just set up all his bedroom. All he had to do was open his suitcase and close his suitcase. That's all he had. And the food wasn't much. And you know, this, this poor family, he just time and time again, he would just get like one vegetable out of the veggie, veggie garden for tea, along with like rabbit of some description that they'd caught. Stewed rabbit, roast rabbit, boiled, boiled rabbit, whatever it may be. And as a result, he ends up supplementing his diet with just, um, just sweet biscuits like that you get in the assorted pack and so becomes becomes ill. Anyway, but this young man one day meets another family that live out of town and recognising, even though he diplomatically tried to speak about it, they, they recognise that, oh, this isn't the best situation for him. And so this widower with four young adult children invites him to come and live at their house. And so this is what it says. In a book, this is uh, from Peter O'Brien in his book titled Bush School. It was all on his, about his own experience. And he says, as he got welcomed into this family and the, the food and the hospitality and the warmth and provision that he, he experienced, he says this, Judging from the family's kindness and hospitality to me, I thought the mother who had passed away must have been an exceptional woman. Paul, 
and his sisters Barbara and Elizabeth were so considerate, down to earth and genuine. So I believe the mother to have been a very positive role model who had great sway over them all. How's this? Silently, I thanked her for her influence and for helping me through her children in difficult times. Silently, I thanked her for her influence and for helping me through her children in difficult times. He experienced the character of the mother through her kids. And in the same way, people experience the love of God through us. And the Bible describes us as God's family. We are his children. How amazing would it be that over time, someone else in your life was able to reflect and say of you, I thank you, God, for helping me through your children in difficult times. Finally, Paul says in verse 20, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. I saw a throwaway line the other day. It said this, it said, 2022 feels like that boyfriend we're about to take back for the third time because he swear he's changed. Probably true in some regards. We are so uncertain and there's so much unknown about the coming year. But God is not blasé about 2022. He wants to bless you with his presence. He wants to bring favour and goodness to your life. And he wants to equip you with his power and strength. And also, he wants to pour in vision into your heart and life. Your response to that might be, well, I, I just can't dream or imagine much right now. I am so weary. I am fatigued all those things that we experience. Well, okay, but what about we ask God to bless what we do have, what he has given us? The other day, uh, someone on staff and I, we were sitting, uh, having a conversation about how there was, we were actually discussing some challenging things and we didn't know how to kind of do this, this thing that was being asked of us very well and there was disappointment that had come with it because it was just a complicated situation. You know, it probably just felt like some, our lives over the last couple of years. Like, and in the midst of this conversation where we didn't really feel like we had the answers and there was lots of disappointment and uncertainty and where we wished there was energy and momentum, out of the blue, we received an email and the alert went off, ding. And anyway, we opened up this email and all it simply said was that someone who had been joining us for church online had decided to give their life to Jesus for the first time. How incredible. That is amazing. That is one of the best things of all. But can I be really honest with you? I didn't think either of us in that conversation we weren't kind of imagining or dreaming that that email was going to come through. But in God, through his goodness and his grace and his provision, we were so encouraged. There's this moment of just going, oh God, you can do more than what we could ever dream or imagine. And God, we want to get on board with that. We want to be part of that. We want to celebrate it. And more than that, we want to step into that. May that be our whole lives Whatever we're considering, whatever we're doing, may the greater thing be that our faith is in you and we believe that you can indeed do more than we can dream or hope or imagine.
why don't we pray that to get together now, that that would be true. And together we can see what God wants to do in us and through us as a church here at One Hope. Let's pray together. I'm going to use the language I, um, kind of, so you can pray this prayer in your heart as I pray it. Dear God, I, I want to know your presence. Thank you for your favour and goodness to me through Jesus. And please equip me by the power of your Holy Spirit. God, I ask you do more than I can ask or imagine in my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, church. Look forward to seeing you soon. Take care.